There is no way I was letting her fall down. I said, I got it. Let me ask my brother. You know, she's in the black bag and, and carry her down to honor her memory and honor her. And it gets me deeply emotional right right now about it. But looking back, that was a time to step up. And, and we are challenged in life by these moments of adversity, by the moments of deep searing pain. And those are the amazing points of growth. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram and settle in for some low key conversations on high performance living. Let's jump in. I want you all to meet Mr. Jeff Wickersham. Not only is he a great man, somebody I've actually grown to get to know, but Jeff is a sought-after accountability and peak performance coach who helps guide his clients to intentionally step into the best versions of themselves. And he's all about unlocking that inner hero, that leader waiting to be unleashed. And we're going to talk about his own story that unleashed his inner hero. But Jeff is also a number one best-selling author. He is a Tony Robbins award winner, podcast host, a speaker. Uh, he's created the four-step morning fire methodology, and he's the mount, founder of the Morning Fire Coaching Program. Jeff loves pushing himself physically to unlock his own mental strengths, which I think is fantastic. And some of his <laughs> recent accomplishments include completing his, I think, second David Groggins 4x4x48-mile run. He has meditated for the last 1,738 days straight, and... He's all about taking ice baths or cold showers for the last almost 1,400 days straight, which is fan-freaking-tastic because I love cold showers as well. If you have the itch that you know you can be more, that you can do more and want to be more, I know that Jeff is the kind of guy that can take you there. That's why I have him on the show today. Jeff, I'm stoked to have you here, brother. I am so excited to be here. For those of you who are joining in on this conversation, I want you to meet Mr. Jeff Wickersham. I got to tell you, um, I'm, I'm impressed by the guy himself. He's an unbelievable man. And I want to share that not only is he a sought after peak performance coach who focuses on accountability to light the fire under the asses of men to live their best, most optimal versions of themselves, but he also has a different commitment to high performance life, to living a way in which keeps him at the top of his game. And the reason why I wanted to have a conversation with Jeff today is because of the elements that he possesses that gives him that fire every single day to live that life. Jeff has done unbelievable things like meditating. I would say, I remember how many days it was, Jeff, that you've meditated straight in a row. I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Yeah, it's like 1,830 straight days. Yeah, 1,838 straight days. I think you just did David Goggins 4 by 4 by 48 mile run. Uh, you've meditated for almost 1,800 straight days. You're doing really cool things. You take ice baths on a daily basis, which I absolutely love. Uh, and if people you know, want to learn more about you, they absolutely can when it, when it comes to paying attention to your podcast, Morning Fire uh, uh, for Entrepreneurs, and all these other amazing things. But the reason why I wanted you to come on and I want to have this conversation with you, brother, is because there's something that resides within you. There's a version of who you are as a man that you tapped into back in 2014. And 
through a tragedy, through an experience in your life, it really unleashed everything that you actually had possessed. And I wanna unpack that. But first, before we jump into that, I, I wanted to um, pour ourselves a nice glass of, of whiskey. Now, Jeff is gonna have whiskey and water hold the whiskey, and I'm gonna take care of the water and whiskey together for him. So I'm gonna go ahead and pour myself a little bit of a glass of, of, of this whiskey here. It's the Balvini Doublewood 12. It's unbelievable. And like Jeff, with his water, I'm gonna just throw a splash of mine in there as well. And what this water is gonna do is really just help open up the notes so we can sit back together have a great conversation, sip our beverages together and uh, delve into and unpack something very specific that I want people to really listen into and, and, and grasp because I think the insights you're gonna give and how we're able to wrap back and forth are really gonna to motivate and shift people's perspectives on how they can tap into their own inner leader and power when they face adversity and trying times like you have. So first of all, cheers, slancha as we say in Ireland or Scotland. And what I love about this whiskey is the fact that it gives this unbelievable warmth, honey layered spice, unbelievable vanilla, and it's just an enjoyable all around beverage to have when we have conversations like this. Um, but today, Jeff, uh, the topic of conversation that I wanna dive into you with, that I wanna focus on very specifically was the death of your mother. That was a serious time for you back in 2014, if I recall, correct? Yes, that was December uh, December of 2014. December 2014. The reason why I wanna focus on that and I wanna unpack that is not necessarily the, the death itself that you experienced, but was also what, what you had written about, what I, I saw that was very important was how you, you mentioned the people that were supposed to carry your mother's body out of the house decided they didn't wanna do it. And it forced you to step up mm -hmm and lead that situation yourself. You got, I think your brother involved in that to carry her out of the house, which you had that, that moment of clarity of whether or not you would go down the, ra uh, the rabbit hole of sorrow and feeling bad, et cetera, or you were gonna use that energy and you were gonna take charge and do something about it. That was powerful, but that is not actually what really got you to the place of success for yourself today. There are these nuanced details about who you are as a man that you tapped into, that you grabbed onto, that took that tragedy and it turned you into this high performance leader, this coach who does this for other men. And I wanna dive into to that with you. I'm gonna unpack what all those nuanced elements of who you are as a man that came out of you, that you utilized to take that experience and now go out into the world and do what you do as a sought after peak performance coach who is an award-winning podcaster and author who's done unbelievable things for himself, who lives by what he preaches on a daily basis. Let's dive into that, brother. Let's just have a conversation on what really came out of you after having to carry your mother down those stairs that kept you going in the direction you're, you're now successful in. Yeah, and I'll, I'll start just around that pain, right? That deep searing pain. All of a sudden, the fragility of life, I mean, hit me upside the head with a two by four, right? And, and so many times we think we have so much time left in our lives. And watching my mom take her last breath right in front of me, having that situation that you spoke to, right? Where the, we had the secondhand crew of the funeral service, two guys in their late 70s, early 80s. They couldn't carry my mom. And I saw that 
fear in their eyes and, and being the oldest of three in my family, I was there helping rather than, you know, I, I moved into, all right, now it's time to help my family and lead. And when I saw that in their eyes, I asked them, hey, what's wrong? And they said, we don't think we can carry her down the steps. And there was no way I was letting her fall down. The, I said, I got it. Let me ask my brother, you know, she's in the black bag and, and carry her down to honor her memory and honor her. And it gets me deeply emotional right right now about it. But looking back, that was a time to step up. And, and we are challenged in life by these moments of adversity, by the moments of deep searing pain. And those are the amazing points of growth, right? And I can now call from that experience and know, hey, no matter what life or the world is throwing at me today, I did one of the hardest things I've ever had to do and carry my mom's body down the steps with my brother. I can get through today. So that gives me that power, that purpose and gratitude to be having this conversation with you to be standing up right yeah. and standing just up. enjoying <laughs> another day. Yeah. Like people are like, how are you yeah. so happy in the morning? I said, cause I have another opportunity that I know my mom would give anything in her, in the world to have one more day with her grandchildren. And so many people piss that day away. They don't, you know, they're not grateful for what they have. It's always what they don't have. And they're, they're just missing those beautiful moments in life. Absolutely, brother. And you know, I want to I want to poke more at that because that in itself, this is why I'm glad we're, we're kind of like rolling the energy out here and talking about this. That was such a powerful piece. I wanted to get really nuanced with you on it because it not only ignited what was already in, in you, because I know when you were a kid, you were always thinking, there's more I could be doing. There's more that I, I should be doing. And it's crazy. And you just made a good point here. And I want this to be a specific uh, topic for people to, to think about is it took one of the most stressful moments of your life, one of the most arduous challenges, one of the most deepest personal hurts to truly unleash all of that aspect that you were already carrying. You already had this drive, this fire, that, that leadership capability. That's why you do what you do so well right now. But I wanna unpack more of what were the other elements of who you were that allowed you to take that gratitude, that understanding, that focus, that clarity and create a sustainable high-performance life out of that, that you still to this day do. Because brother, I mean, as you know it, most people have those experiences. People can watch someone die and it doesn't make them into some sought after coach. It doesn't turn them into a celebrity or an athlete. They they crumble mm -hmm. with it. You didn't crumble with it. There was, there was something special in you that you started to, it's almost like perfect and utilize as your go-to on a daily basis. I want to unpack more of that. Can you share a little bit more about what you started to, to do for yourself when you had that experience? I, yeah, absolutely. And I would say that experience, right? Society, beliefs from our parents, from teachers, from coaches, they just put layers on top of who we are as individuals and we're covered up, right? That, that, that amazing, beautiful hero in our own journey isn't unleashed until something like that happens and all of a sudden there was a little crack and I could see something in me that was so much more powerful that was dormant for 30 years. And once I discovered that, then it was like, okay, what's next? How do I honor my mom's memory, her legacy? What do I do? And then it's just constant iterations of how do I get better and, and 
I started doing that personally. I went down that rabbit hole of personal development. Oh, I learned this. Oh, I, I tell my wife all the time. I'm like, I feel like I'm plugged into the matrix. Like I know Kung Fu, but it's something related to personal development. I put it into action. And that's, that's the other piece is learning something and putting it into action for yourself gives you such a place of knowledge and authenticity to be able to guide others from and and I always tell yeah, people and you, you said go ahead I always tell people I'm not going to put you through anything I haven't done myself and I was about to say the same thing I, that's who you are that's why I love you know the conversations we had prior to this day I I'm enjoying this already and I want to delve into that very specific moment because every time you talk about it there's so much emotion and power in it still and I think that is a fuel source for you that really helps keep you uh, anchored into those aspects of life right that keeps you going driving you forward but you got to a place where you found your gifts your skills and you applied them to yourself you you probably took care of having the right type of people around you as well hold you accountable which is the same thing I do for the clients I work with these powerful people they have never had anybody actually hold them in the fire that they themselves, you know, the, the, the coaches they hire haven't done themselves. And I love that you just said that because you took the tragedy, you took the experience and you're starting to unpack the nuances of what actually sustains your ability to do what you do on a daily basis. Now for other people, that, that in itself is powerful. That is what I want people to realize. It's action is one thing, but when you have the right pressure in the right environment, that's a completely different beast that really allows that action to produce significant results like you had in your life. Yeah, I would totally agree. And and after my mom's death, I chose to leave corporate America, open up my own gym business. And there's some added pressure, right? And I remember still specifically teaching a 8 a.m. Saturday class. And I was still doing the same things. I was hanging out to the buddies with the buddies till two in the morning. And I remember waking up my wife saying, how are you going to teach a fitness class on health and wellness and you stink of alcohol, right? And, and that was a truth bomb that sent my way. And I said, you know what? I need to do things a little bit better. I need to practice what I preached. And that, that was probably another, another trigger to live authentically and put in the work every single day, earn your rest and just get, get after it. And I, I, so many people are absolutely lying to themselves that they're actually putting in that effort and that work. And if you're in that growth mindset, you always know you could do more and give more. Well, you're right. But people are lying to themselves and they're finding their their own perceived solutions that make them feel like they're doing the right thing. But at the end of the day, they're always living in that place of not really having the right experiences and pressures that really challenge them. And that's the, that's the key. That's even what you were just saying is you need to be challenged on a daily basis, which is why you do ice baths and you meditate the way you meditate. It's These are things that really work for you and people can apply them to their lives if they have the capacity and are willing to do it, which is why, you know, everybody that's listening to this right now is just pay attention to what Jeff is talking about and doing in his life. And we're going to get into it more, but that's the piece is how, how do you even give yourself the accountability to always stay connected to the fact that you have a deeper purpose and there's a reason why you are a peak performance coach. What is it specifically you've really delved into that keeps you staying focused on that element of your life. That's what I'm curious. So about. I keep the pain close to me. So I'm, I'm wearing a pink wristband on my right arm. I keep that honor and memory of my mother right there close enough to me, not, not the pain to go crawl in a hole and, and, you know, be wallowing in self misery. No, that's the pain knowing today's a gift and I, I need to leave it, live it to the fullest. So 
whenever you can have these reminders around and I, I'm, I'm recording this above my French doors, I got my mom's name right there as well as all kinds of reminders, my kids' names, you know, uh, be a beast, never retreat, never surrender. I fear like these reminders, the more we can surround, you mentioned, hey, your circle and having positive people and people that are going to push you around you. I do that, but I also have all these reminders everywhere around me where it's an energetic, it's a on the toes attacking mentality, a warrior mentality that I want to bring to life in business, personally, professionally, in every aspect, because that gives you that courage, that confidence, that perseverance, that grit to continue moving forward in the face of, of adversity. Awesome. And I want to I appreciate that because that's huge is that personal reminder really works for you. And it's necessary that if people want something to keep that, like you talk about that fire lit for you on a daily basis, that works. That's what you have. And I love it's I'm, I'm not surprised that you're recording this with your mother's name literally right above you. And that's the one thing that I came after right when we started was let's talk about her, her passing. Mm -hmm and what really lit that fire to unleash your leadership qualities, your skills, your gifts, your ability to do this for other people. And I love that. And I wanna circle back to something you just said, which is I need to live the life that I expect others to live. If they wanna be successful, I have to practice what I preach. That is a concept that everybody talks about, but very few people actually embody. And it's clear, you know, man to man, you and I, that we've had this conversation before that that's what you're all about. If you don't have a standard when you wake up in the morning and how you how well you want to live your life, then why are we out in the world trying to do it for other right. people? Would you agree? A hundred percent. And I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing that. And, and that's one of the things I always tell people like, hey, if you don't hire me as a coach, that's fine. But your energy level better match. And your coach better have a high energy level because you want that energy match and you want somebody that's that's living it on a daily basis, just relentless, tenacious, and uh, it, it, it rubs off. It, it raises your game just by being associated with those people. Sure does. It's all about the, the vibration, the frequency. When we're around these people, it automatically forces us it is a small element of of containment you know it's different sizes and different uh, spectrums of capacity and containment when you have that little element like being around you know like-minded people like us it's like dude you're going to naturally raise up because that's just the, the feeling the energy the frequency you're going to get when you're around these people and that's why i'm sitting here you know i appreciate the fact that you don't drink i made the little jest uh as a, a like an icebreaker you know no pun intended there that you know jeff's gonna have whiskey and water hold the whiskey i'll take care of you know, the other element of it is because it's like you live a life where you don't want to do that. You don't want to have that. You don't have to do that. And I respect that. For me, I have a little sip like I'm doing with you right now, maybe once a week. It's kind of like my enjoyment that I get to, to share with other people. And that's okay too. But finding balance and utilizing that standard, I think that's the other element. The wise word I want to really share right now is people don't have the highest standards for themselves and they allow themselves to be circled around or, or surrounded by people that are, I would say, unfortunately at a lower level than them that don't uplift them and they get comfortable with that, right? The com complacency. And you're saying, look, the work you're doing as this coach out in the world, this podcaster, this author, all the amazing things you're doing as an athlete, all are holistically pointing towards the standards in which you've uncovered from tragedy that ignited your fire to be able to see what you're capable of so that you can lead other people to do the same. 
And I just wanted to touch on that. That's another element that's huge for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. Those standards are a core of what I do on a daily basis. And, and so many times we're asked when we're growing up, how do you feel? And then based upon how we feel, those coaches, those teachers, those parents say, well, if you're not feeling it, don't do it today. So we learn this feelings, actions, and then we feel crappy about ourselves, right? Our identity kind of spirals downwards. Where I love to flip that equation on its head, you start with identity first. Every day I start with world-class athlete from an energy perspective, from a work perspective, CEO of a million-dollar company, from a love perspective, husband and dad of the year. Those are the identities I show up with every day. So based upon those, what do I do? Oh, I work out like a world-class athlete. I show up as a CEO. I'm the dad and husband of the year, right? I'm, I'm giving my kids and my wife as much love and, and attention and, and you know, patience that I can. I take actions upon that regardless of how I feel because I don't feel every single day 100%. But when I wake up, when I put on that pink wristband, when I go through my morning fire routine, when I set my identity, here's how I'm going to show up. That's all of a sudden who I want to be. And then I take actions upon that. What happens? Then you feel freaking good. Then you do it over and over again. And you spiral upward rather than spiraling downward. So setting that standard, setting your identity, and it, it can be future pace. Hey, here's who I want to show up as today. That's a powerful. Yeah, and you know what? Let's powerful. Exactly. And let's, let's, let's delve even deeper onto that. Because you, you, here's the biggest thing you, you just mentioned was it's, feelings, emotions, especially in our culture today. Uh, it, it, it's unbelievable. Some of these, you know, high, high profile people I've worked with that they believe the same thing where it's like, I'm not allowed to have my emotions. They've learned, they've gone the complete opposite of the spectrum, right? They've like, ah, shut them all down and then try to operate from this logical, limited compartmentalized perspective. You're like, no, we don't have to compartmentalize, but we need to learn how to restructure and orient our standards and realize we're human. Mm -hmm. We're going to have emotions and feelings where and which and how do we utilize them for our benefit instead of a detriment and what standards do I want to operate from? So I wanted to, to go on to that because do you feel that that emotions are irrelevant or feelings are irrelevant in being at your peak when it comes to human performance, high performance, living your best life? What are your thoughts on that aspect? I have a basic understanding that, and I think everybody should give themselves grace. You're not going to feel it every single day. Nobody does. There's no, there's never been a perfect human being. There isn't now there won't ever will, will be. So you give yourself grace, but then once you say, all right, I got it, but let me define my identity. And that identity compels you to action. Because if I was a Michael Phelps or a Michael Jordan, I'm still working out today, regardless of how I feel. Right? So you can give yourself grace and you can have an awareness. Hey, sometimes my best is only 70%. I was hitting the gym yesterday after a run, doing some backloaded lunges. Couldn't do what I usually do. I would say five years ago, I, I would have beat. Oh, those are hard. <laughs> they are. They are. They're great glute exercises. Man, are you kidding? Or what you were saying, so, go ahead. <laughs> so I was beating myself up. You know, five years ago, I would have beat myself up. Why can't I do that? Yesterday, it was, hey, okay, today. It's maybe only 70% what I'm used to, but that 70% is going to be my very best in the moment. So I changed the weight. I still got the reps in and I was, I felt great because of that. Right. And so many times we feel like we should be constantly at this upper, upper ever 
level and we, and we just have well, fluctuations yeah. and sometimes your best is only 70 percent. and if we can realize that gives ourselves some grace then it's incredibly powerful you can still get the work in and that's that's amazing to do that that's a good point and i, I i'm gonna put a little bit of a, a a challenge into that as well and i'm sure you you will agree with this but i want to make it a point for you know the folks that are hanging out with us um that are listening to to understand that there are days too look i, I do it as well if i am not feeling on the top of my game, I provide myself that space, like you were talking about what you do for yourself, to give the percentage I have and then take my breaks, go get myself into a position where I, I'm in nature, I'm with my, my wife, my dog, practicing Kung Fu, whatever it might be. There's never any of this staunch, black and white way of thinking about if I don't do 100%, no matter how I feel, I'm a loser, I'm unsuccessful, or I'm never gonna create or get anywhere. And I think that's where a lot of our leaders, a lot of high-powered people, et cetera, fall short and why they, they are always feeling limited and stuck themselves is because of that expectation, right, of society and how, like you just said, we're, we shouldn't do that. Give yourself the grace. If you're at 70%, Jeff, in the gym and you're doing those, those back lunges, which suck, and they, they really do, if you have not done them, you know, they're great for growth in the legs, but they, they're, they're hard. But if you, the days you feel 70%, if you try to push past that, you can get yeah. hurt. You can get injured. You limit your performance. Yeah, so so yes. true. I mean, I, I had 135 <laughs> on the bar. I could do one each leg, and that was it. I was yep. gassed, That's and it. I said, all right, I got to drop yeah. to 95 and just go through those because if I had gone down for rep number two, I might have not been able. It, it would have been dangerous. So, yeah, to your point, That's yeah, the key. It's, it's, yep. it's monitoring that, having awareness of it, not beating yourself up, right? And and it's crazy how many thoughts we have on a daily basis, right? I just was looking at this the other day. I mean, we have an average of 60,000 thoughts a day. Of those thoughts, 80 to 90% are negative. And of those 80 to 90%, 95% of them are repetitive. So no wonder why you're feeling stuck and you're in this rut. You've got to feed that positive dog. You've got to have wristbands. You've got to have sayings. You've got to have these reminders everywhere because our mind is wired towards that negativity. And it's, it's, it's a difficult battle. You face it. I face it. Every single person on the planet faces it. Well, here's the thing on that one. And that's a, I'm glad you said that because now we're going to unpack that is this is the element of the psyche that has not evolved as far as, or as fast as our technology. People still have that element of animalistic survival, fear-based responses to stimuli that challenge us, that scare us, that force us to face things we don't wanna face. So like going back to the beginning of our conversation, Jeff, you, you faced something, who wants to face that? Most of the time we just wanna turn our head and cry in a pillow and, and avoid the way that feels, but you decided this is a moment that clearly the, you know, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, is providing me for a reason. I need to face it. And what we're trying to do here with each other as human beings is we're, we're providing the atmospheres and the environments that can challenge us the right way so we can change that percentage of negative thoughts, of repetitive patterns, et cetera, into the more positive. But it doesn't happen until people are willing to face the most uncomfortable, most detrimental versions of ourselves and are willing to be challenged by the right types of people that are there, that they bring into their lives, the right environments, et cetera. That's the only way we can evolve that psyche to stop trying to protect ourselves. So I'm just, I love that you said that. And I think it's so huge. And I, I wanna hear more about your thoughts on it with the clients you work with and the things you experience with people and the resistance, et cetera, when it comes to facing these arduous challenges you put them through. Yeah, and I would say to follow up what you were just 
talking about is, is we hit the physical gym. We're not hitting the mental gym enough, right? How many, how many mindset reps are people getting in? And, and maybe it's, it's confidence or courage and stepping into something that makes us a little bit uncomfortable. We get that twinge of, oh boy, boy is this really safe? Well, you're not going to die. It's just the mind's way of saying, oh my gosh, it's something that we're not used to. It's new. Pushing yourself into that uncomfortable zone, that is truly where the growth happens. And society the way of life for the majority of, of people, we are in this constant state of just comfort. And we haven't earned that comfort. We just stay in it. We never want to get out of it. And that's where the growth lies. So, you know, physically, I love doing things physically to unlock mental strength, right? From the Goggins 4x4x48 to cold showers, ice baths. I was doing, you know, freezing walks last winter. I can't wait till it gets cold here again, where I got a hat, gloves, shorts, and nothing. It's like 20 degrees out. My Love my it. beard's frozen. People ask me, did I lose a bet? <laughs> and I said, no, I didn't lose a bet. I'm trying to be nah. the best version of myself. So I'm, I'm you know, keep, keep going. So the physical side yeah. can physical unlock side. so yeah. much mental strength. Well, that's, and I'm going to say that being former military, one of the biggest things that I, I definitely learned uh, even more so uh, after my rodeo days was the fact that um, your physical body, your your mind will actually, it's like your mind will want to quit long before your body will quit. You can push yourself so much further. It's like the cold showers, people don't do it because instantly they get that feeling. Ah, it's like if you just take breaths, mm -hmm. Wim Hof talks yeah. about that, right? You just take breaths yeah. and find focal points. You do it yourself. I take cold showers, they're great, but there are times I don't want to. And I'm like, I'm okay with that too. But it's all about realizing that if I'm thinking or feeling a certain way and I wanna go beyond that myself, and I really wanna just stretch who I am as a human when I've, I'm, that's little things like that have huge impacts. And I'm glad that you said that because everybody talks about the proverbial comfort zone. Everybody talks about, you gotta get outside of it. But very few people live through certain situations and experiences that challenge them to actually know what they're, they're outside the comfort zone really feels like that that's that's the nuance difference I, I hear it all the time with all the coaches out there you've you yourself probably heard it everyone talks about it it's great in concept but when they're faced with the right environments the right challenges the right people like you like me etc that go no here's where we're going to really hold you accountable in this container in this environment to really stretch you they want to squirm their way out of it and then they get upset that they're not getting anywhere it's so, so i mean it's so so true and I would say the, the, the ice and the cold, I mean, right? Like what a great mindset rep to get into, right? And, and it's not going to hurt you, but it's just so powerful because you are then training your mind to be your ally rather than your foe. And I was just speaking to a client today and he's got some back issues. And I told him, I said, this is going to sound a little wacky, a little out there, but you know, crazy and greatness. I, I think it's Joe Rogan says like crazy and greatness are their next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar. So I love that line. But I said to this, this client, I said, you know, I used to suffer from very debilitating migraines. I have now trained myself where about a month ago I had one where I all of a sudden couldn't see out of my right eye. I said, I knew what was coming, but I said, this isn't happening today. I don't care what you have to do, and I'll speak this out, but I am getting through this, 
I've got things to do, figure out a way, mind, but we're getting through it. And without any medicine or anything, within two hours, I took a little nap. I was through it. Where years ago, I would have been down for the count for the entire day, had a terrible headache the next day. So I said to him, I said, send signals down from your mind into your back and say, I am healing my back. I don't care what you need to do. Figure it out, mind, and be my ally because there's such this mind-body connection that we don't tap into and we have so much power over how we feel. So anyway, I, not to go down that rabbit hole, but it's just such a, no, it's such okay. a powerful Let's, piece yeah. of the equation. And so many times, hey, we'll feel a sniffle. And what do people do? Oh, I'm getting sick. And their shoulders slump over and you're going to get sick. Imagine, they manifest yeah, it. imagine yeah. the flip side. No, I'm not getting sick. I don't care what's in there. Get it out of me. I'm moving forward and that's what's going to happen. So that's where you, you harness that strength that we have internally and through our mind versus we're always, we're always kind of fighting it. And it's, it's an incredible uh, practice to get into. That, that's the thing being human beings. It's again, we talked about it earlier. It was like that path of least resistance is so comfortable for people, but these little nuanced elements. Now there's more to, you know, obviously speaking that way about yourself, lovingly connecting your mind, your body, et cetera, but tapping into your emotions, being in a place of balance is huge, but it takes a willingness to embrace the suck, the discomfort of little things like running in your shorts out in the snow is, you know, it is a little bit more advanced for people, but start with cooler baths or find someone you're willing to actually uh, allow them to poke at you or, or push you or make you, you know, hear something you don't want to hear or go out into the wilderness and sleep by yourself for a day and just experience yourself without distraction. These are little nuanced things that people don't really take, you know, seriously. And a lot of times we take for granted where, you know, I, I went out to the woods and spent four days and four nights by myself at one point because I really wanted to just be with me. And it's unbelievable what ends up happening when you don't have cell phones, you don't have radios, you don't have any distractions. You start to really discover so much more of yourself as a person. Uh, my, you know, my mother being Native American, it, it's like I have you know um, connections with some of the elders in certain tribes, and they talked about where they would take some of their youngins and put them out in the woods that way because it would help them face their demons, look at the elements of themselves that they were suffering with. They had nothing to rely on. You had to just rely on you, discover who you were, face yourself. And that's a big key part of why I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm glad we're unpacking what really lit your fire to get to this place now and why you sustain it so much on a daily basis. Yeah, so true. And I think we're in such a go, 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 busy, busy, busy society that people don't take any time to go out for even an hour walk without any distractions and ask themselves some tough questions of who, who am I and what do I truly want in life and is what I'm doing now from work, from relationships, whatever it might be, is it truly where I want to be? And am I going to be looking back 30 years from now wishing I had made some diff different choices? People don't even ask themselves that question, which is you know, it's, it's a, well, how can they, I mean, they're, they're caught up in all the entertainment. They're toxic with the kind of foods they're eating, the distractions that are literally bombarding that mind, right? We just literally talked about it, Jeff. It's like what people are putting into themselves. There's no space for them to really have those conversations, which is why I'm going to go to one of your things is if you have in, in, you say it on your website, you talk about it in your book, et cetera. It's like, if you have that itch that, you know, there's more for you. 
absolutely reach out to you, number one, or find someone, something, somewhere that really can help scratch that itch the right way. But what ends up happening is people are so wrapped up in the stress that was created in our society, the toxicity of our foods and air and our water, uh, distraction, the entertainment industry, the internet, there's no more space for people to even have those types of conversations with themselves, which is why when people say, I wanna grow, we have to be the type of leaders that put them in the right environments that scare the crap out of them, that shake them up from within, that rattle in all the demons and the stresses they carry within them so they can face those things head on and they can actually experience the unleashing that you did, that I did years ago, et cetera, to get to a place where they think they wanna be and actually want to experience and feel for the first time, which is huge. So I think that's the, you know, the other element of what you just said was, if people wanna get outside and have a conversation, they first need to be put in a position to clear up space for that to happen, which is why it's important for people to hire someone like you, someone like me, a coach out there, a, some form of something to contain them the right way that gives them that environment so they can start somewhere. So, so, so true. And back to just distractions. I mean, that's one of, that's my number one rule with my clients. When you wake up in the morning, no distractions. You have to stack wins, get this progress in your life. And then the other flip side of that, and it drives my wife a little bit bonkers, but my, my phone is always on do not disturb. You, yeah, I you can, you that. can, the only way you can get a hold of me is if you're one of my clients, one of my, in my people in my circle, you call me, it'll ring right through. Other than that, it's on do not disturb because I do not want your priorities to impact my focus and what I'm doing in life. And it can become a frustration when I don't check it, but like I am focused on fire and moving forward. So if you think about two low-hanging fruits that you can do right there. No distractions when yeah. you wake up. Stack wins, get this progress. Then you're able to take on the things life throws at you. And then taking time to put your phone on. Do not disturb because it's the constant pinging. It's constantly giving you this hit and you're getting distracted. Dopamine right. highs. And, yeah. and, right. But yeah. you're, you're, you're then living your life based upon what other people need. Right, you're fractured as Correct. well. You're right, absolutely. The ping goes off and you're, the first thing people do is look right at it instead of realizing it's the same thing. I, I get it, 100%. Yeah. Uh, my wife and I, it's like the phones are, I don't even know where my phone is half the time. And if it's in front of my MacBook, I, I, I have that on Do Not Disturb too because there's serious things that we're out in the world to do. But it's also keeping the habits. I know you're a big habits guy. And, and getting people, especially men, to build new habits for their lives. And those, those little elements make a huge difference huge difference in your performance, huge difference in igniting different fires within you. When you don't have that one little thing, that phone, that darn device that we have with us, distracting you constantly, especially today. So I think that's huge. Those are the wise words that you just, you just laid out right now. And, and I think it's important for people to realize is how I lost my phone one, one time for five days on a trip. And for the first 30 minutes, I thought, well, if my clients want to, you know, my client that I was working with wants to get a hold of me, they're going to get a hold of me. And I guess I need to just let it go. And when I did, it was unbelievable how much more open and how much more fun I thought I had on that trip. I mean, it was years ago, but it was amazing. Just that five days not having a phone. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazingly powerful when you get into that practice. And if you can't do do not disturb all day, hey, 
do it, do it for a half an hour and just start playing around sure. with it. I always tell people, put on that white lab coat, become a scientist, right? And we've lost this curiosity about how am I the best version of myself and what can I do to tweak and wait, I put it away for 30 minutes. Well, I felt fantastic. I didn't feel this urge. I got a heck of a lot done in that 30 minutes. All right, let's tie that to, hey, a good feeling and let's do it again tomorrow, right? Let's repeat it. So yeah. that curiosity Putting on that white lab coat is a, an incredible journey and practice to get into to just explore what works and what doesn't. Brother, I, I, I just something just hit me too with what you just said, and I want to I think circle back here. Um, you've said so many really kick-ass things, and I think I love the conversation. I'm I'm sure we're going to do this even more down the road, and I can go even deeper and we just have a great fireside type chats. But I what specifically do you recall? was the very first thing that you noticed about yourself after having to take ownership with your brother and your, the death of your mother having to care? What did you notice was one of the most powerful things for you that truly did light your fire to do what you're doing now? It was deep thoughts into what I wanted out of my life, right? It was that pause because I was going, 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 had two young sons. I was in that busy go mentality. It was that pause to say, what do I truly want in life, right? Like we only get one trip. How, what, what do I want? And I remember right after my mom passed, we, we got some, uh, I don't know if it was sushi or some, some food, and I got a fortune cookie. And it said, you know, you only get one life, but if you lead it right one life is enough <laughs> right and it was just it struck yeah, me yeah. and it was like holy crap i just need to i need to figure out what i want to do and then through that constant iterative process did i get to where i'm at now and hey every night when i go to sleep that jeff dies and i'm reborn the next day a better version of myself and i think that's such a great symbolic way to think hey i'm putting the past away who am i going to be today and how can it be the best version of myself today and when you operate from that place all of a sudden you get you get that you you let go of that anchor that is the past and you can really focus on today's the day it's a, a gift we never get back again so we we better use it to our fullest absolutely and and un, that's such a an unbelievable mindset to have and it's amazing how many people I've personally met, you've probably met, et cetera, and people I've talked to that are widely, wildly successful financially, but are still living from a place of that misery. They've never actually had that kind of conversation with themselves. They've always sought out resources and other things that just keep them in the same old grind on a daily basis. And they wonder why when they get to this level of notoriety, success in their business, et cetera, bank accounts are huge, uh, power, prominence, whatever you, you know, whatever you want to throw a label at, they're still unsatisfied and they're unfulfilled. They've faced or experienced arduous times in their life and they've never taken any gratitude or grace from those experiences. They chalked it up as just another bullshit moment that they just have to deal with. And that's how they operate. And I think the wise words from, from that that I wanna just tap into is the fact that it's amazing when you actually know who you are, when you can have real conversations with yourself and be honest about who the hell you are, where you really want to go, especially when you are facing down trauma, stressful moments in your life, because 
Jocko Willing says this, and I remember having a conversation with him years ago. Um, he says that bad shit's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. It's your ability to respond and how you focus on why that's showing up, I think is important for everyone to listen to is when bad things happen to you, when life throws you curveballs, do you just react to that? Or can you take a step back and you can see for see it for what it is and see the good that's pos possibly in death, mm -hmm. tragedy, trauma, et cetera, and then utilize that. That's why I asked you that, Jeff, to ignite something inside that you possess and then go out and do something about it, not only for yourself personally, which is what you should do, but then make something about it that can lead others if that's your calling. Those are the wise words I really, really keep sinking my teeth into right now. And, you know, we're, we're kind of coming up towards the end of this conversation for now, but I really want to know, you know, what, what other wise words do you have from this conversation you would really want people to actually hear and, and absorb into their minds when they, you know, get done listening to us talk? Something just struck me as you were talking through that, that piece was, hey, when stuff goes sideways and shit hits the fan. I mean, I was just having a conversation with, with somebody the other day and, and he said, why do you train this way? And I said, I train physically and mentally. So when shit hits the fan, I can run and throw my 130 pound son over my shoulder for a mile and not crumble into the alley, right? Like mentally, right. when stuff goes sideways, the, the key is not that it's not going to happen because you just said, hey, shit happens, right? The key is how quick, how quickly to. I train mentally every day so I can bounce back quicker, right? You bounce back quicker. That's where the amazing growth happens rather than, hey, something hitting you and years in the past, it would throw me off for a week. My wife would say, what's going sure. on? What's going on? And I, I would tell her. Now it's like two minutes. I'm like, all right, yep, that's a, that's a little mindset vitamin. That's a, a mindset rep that I can put in. Let me chew on it a there little bit. Go. All right, I'm back, I'm back. Yep. Like that's yep. another yep. test that the that world, that God, whatever you believe in is throwing my way to make me stronger. When we develop that type of mindset, whew, it's incredibly powerful. Then those things that we typically would have a victim mindset around, then it's like, bring it on. I got it. I'm going to, it's going to fuel my fire, right? Anything you throw into a big fire, it's fuel. If you got that little candle, absolutely. You, you, the wind blows, absolutely. the candle goes the out. Blows. You got a big yep. fire, you throw in fuel, it gets bigger. And here, and you know, and I'm a big fan of the Stoics. And I, and one of the things is it, it truly is that, that space in between the stimulus and the response mm -hmm. It, that's the place where you can choose your response. And that's that's the thing. If you see society, everybody gets a stimuli and it's a quick reaction because there's no space there. And all that matters is can you create some space where mental, emotional, and physical together, even spiritually, get a place of some form of balance or at least growth in those departments, your response to stimuli like death in the family, having to do what you had to do, et cetera, moving forward, Jocko talks about, et cetera, it's all going to allow you to have the right, better response so that the only outcome from that situation is positive, is growth, is movement in the right direction. And that's why we need people like you that are out in the world leading others to do the same thing because leadership is where we need to be the most optimal. That's what's going to uplift humanity. That's what's going to stretch people's capacities. That's what's going to give them the foundations to truly become their best in a more 
masses basis, if you will. So I love that you shared that. I think that's the wise words is start having conversations with yourself, be authentic with it, truly realize that it's time to take a step back when you're facing stressful moments. When bad shit happens to you, don't respond right away. There's so much gold in those situations that you can use for yourself if you're willing to let it come to you. And you practice Kung Fu, so do I. And one of the things that I learned from my teacher was allow the attack, the attack to happen and let the right response present itself. Because not every situation requires you to destroy it with a strike. Sometimes it's all about redirecting. Sometimes it's about absorbing. And if we can teach people this, I'm telling you, the high performance living that they'll experience will be exponential and highly sustainable. Much like what you're doing right now, brother. I love it. Love it. Great words. Uh, and you know, so at this point, I want people to know who you, who you are more. I want them to, to follow you. I know that you got a new show coming out. You told me about that, but just share with me, share with everybody where, where they can link up with you, where they can find you, connect with you, follow you, et cetera. Uh, I want, I want them to know more about Jeff. Absolutely. So they can, uh, all my content's out on my website, themorningfire.com. I do have a new podcast that's out. That's called your hidden edge podcast, because I believe we all have that hidden edge and we talked about it earlier in the show, right? It's layer upon layer and we can't find it. But when we're stretched and we're shown things, it's just like when you drive down, the, after you get a car, you see that car everywhere. We need to be opened. Our minds need to be open to the possibility. So your Head and Edge podcast is, is out there as well. And then I'm all out on all social media channels, TikTok, LinkedIn, uh, you know, Instagram, all those things. So I put a ton of free content out there. And if you ever need me, shoot me a, shoot me a message, Jeff at the morningfire.com. Love just meeting and having conversations with people. I feel like that's a lost art as well. Like having a conversation and just saying, Hey, can, how can I help you? Because in uh, down at our core as human beings, we want to help other people. And I love having those deep conversations with people. I love that you said that this is the last wise thought that I want to add to what you said. And I want everybody just Hang out with Jeff Moore. That's the beautiful thing. That's a lost art is spending time with each other, having real intimacy. I had a call earlier this morning with you know, a potential new client who's a much older gentleman. And that was one of the things that we really uncovered was the fact that he's not used to having a conversation with a resource who isn't trying to just enroll him into some coaching program right off the bat. It was like, look, I'm not, that's not my job. That's not what I'm here to do. My work is very, very intimate and relationship oriented. We're going to spend time getting to know each other, breaking bread, making sure this is even a right fit for both of us. And that you're right. That's a lost art that people do not value anymore. It's so transactional in nature. So folks, I, I mean, everybody's hanging out with us, sipping their whiskeys or whatever they've decided to drink. Just hang out with Jeff. Connect with him where he, you know, he 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 is right now. I'm going to throw all these these links in the show notes as well. But uh, brother man, I, as always, it's a pleasure having you. It's a pleasure talking with you. I'm looking forward to to keeping this momentum, uh, you know, and see what the future holds for us. Absolutely. Congrats on on your podcast. I'm so fired up. I might have to hit a run up after this discussion, man. So I appreciate you. I love that. You know, this morning I did, I did 70% of a workout, man. I, I could only do some pull-ups and push-ups and I was too focused on getting into this conversation. So I completely am right there with you, brother. And I truly appreciate you coming on and joining me for this, you know, this exciting new adventure. Thanks again. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all in the next conversation. Cheers.